Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. Welcome to Nature Folk with Selena Fox. Brought to us every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern here on the Pegasus Night Radio Network. Nature Folk with Selena Fox is a production of Circle Sanctuary's radio ministry program. Tonight's program is a rebroadcast of an earlier episode of Circle Craft Studies from October 2014, where Selena led a Samhain ritual remembering the past year, envisioning the year to come, honoring the dead, listening to the ancestors, and celebrating Samhain. And after Nature Folk, please stay tuned for the other Circle Sanctuary Radio Ministry program, Circle Talk. Welcome to Circle Craft Study with Selena Fox. This is Selena Fox, and tonight we celebrate Samhain with a Circle Craft Samhain ritual. Samhain time is here. Time of harvest end. Time of shortening days and darkening nights. Time of autumn's peak and chilly air. Time of dying greenery, falling leaves, and seeds release. Time of remembering and honoring beloved dead and ancestors. Time of guising revelry, Halloween tales, and spirit lights. Time of myth, magic, and mystery. Samhain blessings. Tonight, we connect with this sacred time by working with symbols, images, meditation, chants, visualization. We connect with Samhain. as summer's end, as the Celtic, the Wiccan, the Druidic, and for many pagans, the pagan spiritual new year. It is a time where the veil between the world of the living and the world that's known as the other world or the world of the dead, that veil grows thin, which means contact, remembrance, and for some, communication becomes more possible. This is a time for self-reflection, self-assessment, self-renewal, looking ahead 
into the spiritual year to come. Considering ideas for change, for growth, for development. This is a time of magic. This is a time of mystery. So I invite you to join with me in this ritual tonight. If you have an altar, and on that altar you have tools connected with the five elements of nature, you are welcome to work with those tools as we connect with the elements in the sacred directions in the circle craft tradition. If you are in a place where you do not have physical ceremonial tools, you can connect with the elements through the powers of mind, through visualization, through sensing, connecting with the elements and their symbols. We begin tonight by centering ourselves, using our breath to focus our attention, to focus our intention, to join together each in our own way, but to connect together with this right at this Samhain time night. As we breathe in and breathe out, we change our awareness we change our consciousness into a more relaxed way of being. We strengthen our connections with our intuition, our intuitive perceptions. And as we continue to take deep, slow breaths, we find a comfortable place to sit or stand or, if you prefer, and have a good meditative practice where you can maintain meditative wakefulness and awareness as you are laying down, that too is an option. <clears throat> And as we continue to relax and be centered, we strengthen our awareness and connection with that core part of ourself, the inner self, sometimes known as the higher power or soul. 
we honor the sacred that dwells within us, in that inner self. And we honor our connection with the divine that not only is within us, but all around us. That is the oneness of all that is. And in the next few moments of quiet, silently call on the divine as you know them, it, her, him. To be part of your ceremony tonight, to be a guiding force in your participation. And now imagine a radiant white light starting to form a circle around you, moving clockwise, encircling you as focus, as protection. And as you envision it, join in this chant. If you happen to have a wand and you're standing, or you can use one of your arms and hands with your fingers extended, invite you to walk clockwise around the space or to imagine yourself doing so as we chant. Circle of light, circle of sound, circle of sawin, circle around. Circle of light, circle of sound, Circle of Samhain, circle around. Circle of light, circle of sound. Circle of Samhain, circle around. Circle of light, circle of sound. Circle of Samhain, circle around. Circle of light, circle of sound. Circle of Samhain, circle around. Experiencing that radiant light in place around you. And now, turning and facing the north. And with a wand or with your hand and outstretched arm, Make the shape of a five 
pointed star interlaced and encircled. And as you do so, you envision it glowing with a beautiful green light. It is before you in the north part of your circle of light. Envision it, focus on it. Connect with it. Powers of North, powers of Earth, we call to you at this Sawan time. Bless our bodies with good physical health. Bless our homes with wellness and safety. Bless the physical realm that is part of our lives. with prosperity, comfort, and joy, now and in the times to come. So mote it be. Reflect a few moments now as you gaze at the glowing green pinnacle in the north and connect with the element earth. Connect with well-being. And now we turn and face the east. And in like fashion, we create a pentacle, a five-pointed star interlaced, encircled. And as you create the pentacle in the east, it glows with a golden yellow light. Powers of East, powers of air, we call to you at this Samhain time. Bless our minds with wisdom knowledge, understanding. Bless our intellect with learning, 
with development. Bless our communication, verbal and nonverbal, with wellness. Bless us with good mental health. So mote it be. We gaze now at the glowing golden yellow pentacle in the east. Experience its blessings of well-being. And now we turn and face the south. We draw a pentacle at the south point of the circle of light. And it glows with a beautiful flaming red light powers of south powers of fire we call to you at this Samhain time bless us with vitality enhance our stamina Bless our actions with wellness. Bless us with courage, hope, and creativity. Strengthen our will. Strengthen our resolve. Strengthen our life force. So mode it be. And as we gaze at the red glowing pinnacle in the south, we feel the power of life force. Strengthening, growing within us and around us. And now we turn and face the West. And again, creating a pinnacle. And this pinnacle in the west now starts glowing a beautiful blue light. Powers of west, powers of water, 
we call to you at this Samhain time. Bless our emotions with wellness. Bless our moods. Bless our feelings. Bless our ways of being with ourselves and with others with wellness. Enhance our intuition. Increase our empathy and sympathy. Enhance our ability to connect, listen, collaborate, relate to others. Improve our social skills. Bless our relationships. Fill us with love. and peace. So mote it be. And as we gaze at the beautiful glowing blue pinnacle in the west, we feel an inner joy a bliss, a peacefulness. Emotional dimensions calm, deeper dimensions accessible. And now we continue our journey around the circle, connecting with the north again and going around one more time, seeing the glowing green pinnacle of the north, the glowing golden yellow pinnacle of the east, the flaming red pinnacle of the south, the glowing blue pinnacle of the west, returning to the north again, experiencing ourselves, connecting with each of those four elements. And the fifth element spirit, the radiant white light that connects them all together coming to a place to be where we direct our awareness now to the realm above. Powers of sky, powers of cosmos, we call to you at this solemn time. Bless us as we experience ourselves 
in our relationships with the universe. Enlighten us, help us see the larger picture as we go about day-to-day life as well as spiritual practice. Help us connect with the magic of the stars. So mote it be. And now as we direct our attention downward, we connect with the next point in our sacred circle turned sacred sphere. Powers of land, powers of planet, We call to you and connect with you at this Samhain time. Help us in our journey in this life at this place, in this world that's known as planet Earth. May we experience ourselves now and in the times to come as being part of a community, not only of humans, but other forms of life. May we grow in our ability to connect with spirit of place, spirit of land. May we grow in our ability to connect with the circle of life that's on planet Earth, to live sustainably, to be in tune, so mote it be. And now directing our attentions to the very center of the circle, the center of the sphere. We inscribe a pinnacle, and that pinnacle glows with a radiant white light with all the colors of the rainbow in perfect harmony. Powers of center, powers of spirit, we call to you at this Samhain time. Bless us with harmony. Bless us with inner sight. Bless us with divine awareness. Bless us with balance. Bless us with spiritual well-being. Bless us as we connect with the divine as one and many. Bless us as we journey into past, into present, into future at this solemn time. Bless us as we connect with those who have gone before and with those who are yet to come and with those who are in our lives and beyond. Bless us. 
so mote it be. And we pause and gaze upon the glowing, radiant, white light of the pinnacle in the center. And it spins and becomes a glowing ball of light. We experience our connection with spirit, the fifth element, and the other four elements of earth, the physical realm, air, the mental realm, fire, the energetic realm, water, the emotional realm. We spend a few moments at the Samhain time resonating with the balance of the five elements of nature. And now we call into our sacred circle into this Samhain rite. Divinity and divinities. We call to the divine as crone goddess. We call to the divine as horned god. We call to the divine as nature spirits. We call to the divine as great unity. We call to the divine as great multiplicity. We call to the divine that's within us and around us. We call to the divine. We call to the divine. We call to the divine. Guide us. Aid us. Teach us, bless us at this Samhain time and in our lives to come. So mote it be. It is Samhain time. And it is a time of remembrance. It is a time of honoring. Of those who have gone before, spend the next few moments of quiet, of remembering and honoring loved ones who have died in the past year. Silently envisioning them, silently calling their names to mind. 
beloved dead, we remember you. Beloved dead, we honor you. Beloved dead, we thank you for being part of our lives. Beloved dead, we remember you. Beloved dead, we honor you. Beloved dead, we thank you for being part of our lives. Beloved dead, we remember you. Beloved dead, we honor you. Beloved dead, we thank you for being part of our lives. And we turn our thoughts to ancestors, those who have gone before us, that we may not have actually met because they live so far before us, but that we know of. We know by name, or we know by story, or we know by inner memory. We honor ancestors in three ways. Three forms of ancestors. Pay attention to ancestors, messages, names, sensations, as we do an honoring for each type. Ancestors of family, ancestors of family, ancestors of family. We call to you, we honor you. We give thanks to those ancestors of family, those we descend from genetically, those we connect with through adoption or through fostering, those ancestors of family 
generations past. And now we shift our attention to those ancestors, those ancient ones that are connected with the society of which we are part, of the country, of the locale, of the culture. These ancestors of place. Ancestors of place. Ancestors of place. Ancestors of place. We call to you. We honor you. Thanks as we connect with these ancestors of place. We are thankful for them. being part of our life. For manifesting with messages, experiences, now in this Samhain right, and in times to come. And now it is time to remember and honor the third type of ancestor. The ancestor that we call ancestors of spiritual tradition. particular traditions you've had connections with in this incarnation. Ancestors that are not only connected with those learnings you have had, writers, musicians, others you may have come to know through books and articles and songs, other kinds of teachers that have contributed to your spiritual growth and understanding. Ancestors of spirit, 
ancestors of spirit, ancestors of spirit, we call to you, we honor you, we call to you, we honor you, we call to you, we honor you, teach us, bless us, guide us, inspire us. Thanks to all the ancestors that are with us in our circle now. Ancestors of spirit, ancestors of place, ancestors of family in this sacred space. It is Samhain. We align with the elements. We align with the divine. We align with beloved dead and ancestors. And now we connect with Reflection, possibilities, this nexus point where past and present and future converge. Imagine that you are at a crossroads. You are journeying to this point, through this right, and you come to a space that has a roadway going off to one side that is the path of the past. You see a path straight before you that is the path of the present. And you see a third path that goes off in another direction that is the path of future possibilities. Experience yourself now standing at the center of this crossroads.
And when you are ready, turn and take a few steps down the path of the past. And as you do, you notice a mist forming on the pathway. And in the mist, you call forth for a message of insight from the past. Pay attention to what you experience as you call for guidance from the past. What is something you carry within you from the past that can aid you in day-to-day life? Give thanks for blessings from your past that are aiding you and can aid you now and in times to come. Taking a few steps back into the center, it is time to experience the present. Taking a few steps down the road that is present, experiencing a mist rising up as you journey down the road. And coming out of that mist and standing before you is a guide holding a symbol that is a gift for you. to use in your Samhain observances now and in other ones that you do. Pay attention 
to who is the gift bringer from the present. Pay attention to the gift that is for you. Accept it and reflect on it. And give thanks. Returning back to the center as the mist gets strong and the guide vanishes back into the mystery of imagination. And now you take a few steps down. The path into the future. And as you do, a mist rises up on this path as well. Gaze into the mist. Then step into the mist. And let an image, a word, a message rise up in your mind. That is a glimpse into a future possibility. Let it be your focus for the next few moments of quiet. And then give thanks. Start moving out of the mist Back up the pathway back to the crossroads. You give thanks for the magic of Samhain, of a time beyond time, of a place beyond places. Know that you can work with the imagery that has come to you through your crossroads experience. And personal spiritual practice and dream incubations, journaling, 
rituals, meditations. That you can work with that imagery to deepen your understanding of self and the world of which we are all part. And now, the images of the crossroads flow into you and help you remember your experiences. And our closing piece involves imagining before you the image of planet Earth as if you were looking at planet Earth from high above the planet, seeing it as a beautiful blue-green world with polar caps, clouds, and atmosphere. At this Samhain time, as you focus on the planet as a whole, let love from your heart flow into this image and into the planet along with wishes for peace, harmony, sustainable environment, understanding, joy, balance, not only for humankind with each other, but with the whole community of life that is planet Earth. Blessings to planet Earth. Blessings to planet Earth. Blessings to planet Earth. Now at this Samhain time and in days and nights and weeks and months and years, millennium to come. So mote it be. And now as we take some more deep breaths, the time has come to end this rite. And we do so by giving thanks to the sacred forces that we called to be present. We give thanks to the divine as crone goddess, as horn god, as nature spirits, divine as one, divine as great unity, divine as many, divine within us, divine that's around us, divine in many forms, divine beyond forms. We give thanks and we ask that you continue to be with us.
guide us in our lives. We give thanks to the sacred directions. And as we do the pinnacles that we cast, we draw them into ourselves for use whenever we choose to do this right and similar ones in the future. We give thanks to the powers of center and spirit, to the powers of land and planet, to the powers of sky and cosmos, to the powers of west and water, to the powers of south and fire, to the powers of east and air, to the powers of north and earth, we give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. And we give thanks to each other, to all of us taking part in this rite together now and at other times as it is done by others listening later. And we take a bit of that circle of light and circle of sound and circle of Samhain that we cast around into ourselves to guide us and all that we do. And we give thanks to the beloved dead and to the ancestors and invite them to continue to connect with us in spiritual ways in a way that's right for them and for us. To continue to be part of our Samhain observances as well as our life's journey. Circle of light, circle of sound, circle of Samhain uncast with our sound. Circle of light, circle of sound, circle of Samhain uncast with our sound. Circle of light, circle of sound, circle of Samhain uncast our sound. The rite has ended. Merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed Samhain to all celebrating at this time in the Northern Hemisphere. Blessed Beltane to all celebrating in the Southern Hemisphere. Blessings to all wherever you may be. So mote it be. And that was an encore edition of Circle Craft Studies with Selena Fox. We would like to take this opportunity to thank the Witches School International for their Pagan Senate Radio Network and allowing us this opportunity to reach the community. And now we will transition with the song Samhain Night by Jenna Green. And then stay tuned for Circle Talk. The veil between the other world 
Welcome. Tonight's episode of Circle Talk is an encore presentation from October 2014, where Circle Minister Deborah Rose was joined by Reverend Selena Fox and Circle Minister Nora Cedarwind Young as they discussed the Circle Sanctuary Cemetery Project, the first national pagan cemetery. And in this broadcast, we'll hear about the work they were doing at that time to bring the cemetery to manifestation, which is now active and is accepting burials of cremains and full bodies in a green cemetery. Welcome to our show, everyone. Welcome, everyone. My name is Rose, and I'm your host tonight on Circle Talk. We'll be continuing our series tonight of highlighting the various activities sponsored by Circle Sanctuary in preparation for Circle Sanctuary's upcoming 40th anniversary at Salon. Our topic tonight is Circle Cemetery, one of America's first green cemeteries and America's first national pagan cemetery. Tonight we'll be having several guests with us. Reverend Selena Fox, who is the Circle Cemetery Director, and Sharon Stewart, who is a certified death midwife and also a hospice volunteer. Welcome, Sharon and Selena. Great to be here. Selena, you were there at the beginning. Tell us how the journey of the Circle Cemetery began. Well, even before Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve was founded, In the early days of Circle Sanctuary, as we considered getting a permanent site for our headquarters, we had discussions about having a cemetery as part of our land project. We did visioning beginning in 1979 as the need to get land that we owned um, became more pronounced And we wanted to make sure that when we got land, that there would be some of that land set aside to put cremains and to do full-body burials. In 1983, we found the piece of land that is now known as Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, and we began purchasing it on a land contract. And that continued to be the case until 1995 when we owned title to the land. And that's when we began the cemetery project on the land itself. Why was owning the title to the land important to the project? I thought it was essential that the land be secure. When you have people having the cremains and the bodies of loved ones who've crossed over being put in a place, you want to make sure that that's going to be the final resting place. We certainly were envisioning it from the time we got the land in 83, but I pretty much insisted until we legally had the title 
to the land, that the land was paid off, that we would not start putting human remains in the cemetery. So we began as a cemetery where cremains were scattered and interred. Some people preferred to scatter the cremains. Some preferred to have them buried. And in the first decade plus of Circle Cemetery, we marked the interred remains um, with small piles of stones, cairns. Later, we were able to move ahead with the cemetery project, get it platted, get it zoned, and we were able to put in granite markers. So what is the what is the process for creating a cemetery? How do you even start? I mean, is, is it something that's quickly done? It depends on where you are as to what the protocols and processes are. In the United States, it's very much not only state by state, but in some cases it depends on the county you're in within a state. And in other cases, it depends on the part of the county where you are, what municipality, what township. So for Circle Cemetery, what we needed to do was go before our township, first the Zoning and Planning Committee, then the town board, then the Zoning and Planning Committee at the county level, and ultimately the county board. Wow. How long, and how long did that process take? Well, we began the process I'm in the 90s, and in terms of discussions with the town officials. So in 95, we dedicated the space. We made some inquiries regarding um, being able to put cremains on the land Mm -hmm. after we dedicated the cemetery in 1995. And we were told as long as it was cremains and they were scattered or buried, that we did not need to do any special zoning. Uh But then um, we really wanted to take the next step to do natural burial. Right. Which is an ancient practice which involves returning a human body without embalming in a biodegradable container, a shroud, um, a pine box, a cremation container, a basket, an ecopod. There are a number of different um, options for natural burial. To return that to the earth where the container biodegrades as well as the human body. And that kind of natural burial is actually something very old. The intentional preservation of green space as part of that practice is something that is more new. So we began a process with that. Um, In the midst of that process, 
We had an opportunity to do some pagan civil rights work regarding getting the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs to add the pinnacle, the five-pointed star, one point upright, encircled <laughs> the religious symbol for Wiccans and uh, many other pagans. We mm-hmm. needed to get that symbol added to the list of emblems that could be included on the grave markers that the VA issues for deceased veterans. It became apparent that after we applied not once but twice under two different procedures that had been adopted by the VA that we really needed to focus our full attention on getting that done. That quest took nearly 10 years. But finally, we succeeded. And once we succeeded, we resumed our work with expanding the cemetery and getting it approved through the governmental processes. And finally succeeded in... 2010. Oh, wow. Sharon, I know that you are a certified death midwife, and um, I know you have talked to me a little bit about um, Green Cemetery, which Circle Cemetery is. Can you tell us what what is a Green Cemetery? Pretty much what Selena already explained. It's basically returning the body to nature um, in a natural way and returning to tradition and how bodies were buried before we got into the practice around Civil War days of turning the bodies of our loved ones over to funeral home directors. So it's really um, just going back to the old ways and returning the body to the earth so that it can be recycled into new life. Are green cemeteries common? No, they're not. I think um, there's very few in in the state of Wisconsin. There's not a whole lot even across the United States. I know there's more people getting interested in this movement. You know, as we see the baby boomers be more interested in recycling in natural ways, I, I what I'm seeing is more people being finding out about green burial and finding places to make that happen. I think if I'm correct, Selena, there's like only two true green burial spots in the state of Wisconsin? There's two cemeteries that are truly green cemeteries. That means that only non-embalmed bodies are in the cemeteries or cremains. Uh And it's Circle Cemetery. We were the first to be established in the state of Wisconsin. And then there is Natural Paths um, Sanctuary, which is near Verona, and while we're two different projects and we're structured in different ways, we continue to make contact with each other. We see ourselves as collaborating on the greening of the end of life and providing um, two options for people in the state of Wisconsin. There are some other cemeteries that have green aspects to them and green sections Uh but right now we're the two cemeteries in wisconsin that are open to not only cremains but full-body natural burials 
So I've heard the term greening um, the end of life. So that is what I'm hearing you say is allowing the body to process back into the earth without any chemicals stopping the process. Not only not even chemicals, but not with, you know, burial vaults. So we're putting the cement and and not with steel caskets. So none of that is going into the earth. So it's all the other... Um, other aspects of it too besides just the embalming fluid but it's just so the body goes back naturally like Selena said in a pine box a wicker basket a shroud your grandma's favorite blanket you know you can just um, wrap a body in just so that it's all natural so that it can return naturally to the earth and some green cemeteries just do full body burials others do cremation. Some do both. We do both. Okay. Um, there has been quite a bit of discussion about which is the greener alternative, uh-huh. cremation or um, natural burial, full-body natural burial. And a lot depends on who you talk with and what criteria you are Um, using for that Um, we permit both because we both we see both are options and cremains just go right back into the earth Um, the human bodies that are in a shroud or some other biodegradable container may take longer but that's also going into the earth so that's why we permit both Every green cemetery has its own structure and particular requirements. Some green cemeteries do not permit memorial markers. Uh We are permitting memorial markers for a number of reasons. First of all, as someone who has been involved in genealogy, um, family history research, honoring ancestors as part of my spiritual practice, I think Uh it's essential that if a family wants it, that there be some marker that includes the person's name and something about them and their life, their birth date and year, their death date and year, and possibly, you know, a phrase or two on a stone. Uh-huh. I have learned a lot about my beloved dead and ancestors by going to cemeteries and going to grave sites. Another reason that we permit granite markers, granite lasts a really long time. Uh-huh. And while it's not indigenous in that form to our land, It is a naturally occurring stone and really can be very beautiful. And I really do like the granite markers we have. As somebody that does psychotherapy and bereavement counseling with people of many walks of life, not just pagans, but people of many different beliefs, it's been my experience that as part of that grieving process, having a place to go to, 
where the final remains are there, whether it's um, natural burial of a full body, or whether it's remains, can be really helpful to an individual, to a family, to friends, to make pilgrimage to that spot. And indeed, in the years since Circle Cemetery has been growing and evolving, we have people with remains of loved ones at our cemetery and with markers that go to that marker and go to that spot, leave flowers, leave um, stones that will meditate at that spot on the anniversary date of the person's um, birth, of um, the death, or some other significant dates. And it really has helped bring peace and healing to those who remain alive, to be able to visit the grave site of a departed loved one. And uh, um, the setting I have been to Circle Cemetery is absolutely beautiful Um, and uh, many different things. I know that um, I was um, um, attended a ceremony of scattering of ashes at the restored prairie, which was absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. Well, thank you for those good words. And I really appreciate the members of the Circle Sanctuary community who have been supportive of the cemetery project in particular, um, people that have helped with upkeep of the cemetery, people who have assisted with cremain scattering and interment, with um, natural burial. And I'm very thankful that Sharon is among those that have been supporting the cemetery project. And I'm thankful that she's been assisting with end-of-life choices education. Absolutely. I have actually, I know... Sharon, um, you can tell us a little bit about your journey, but I know that Sharon has given workshops at PSG and also at Circle Sanctuary um, during festivals because I uh, have attended them and they're very good. Um, Sharon, tell us a little bit about your work. Well, thanks again for the kind words. I appreciate it. Um, I have been a certified deaf midwife uh, for, I think, about four years now. I studied and had an interest in this for as many years as I can remember, but I did um, eventually go through Circle Minister um, Nora Cedarwind. I was in her first certification class that she taught um, and got my deaf midwife certification. And I also have been, as you mentioned earlier, a hospice volunteer for about seven years, so my passion is to be a supportive companion to families at, at end of life and, and help the families, empower them to be able to help meet the needs, the wishes of the of their loved one that's passing. Um, I have brought this work to Circle Sanctuary. Um, I love to spread the word there because I firmly believe Circle having the cemetery now, this is the opportunity for our community to take care of our community. Not only, you know, we have birth midwives in our community that are there when our babies are born. I'm glad now that we're getting 
um, deaf midwives that can see our community members out and our community has this opportunity to help with the green burials or the cremains spreading at Circle. It's been a beautiful process. I do uh, certification classes. I do a lot of education all over with hospice groups on what a home funeral is. I've been educating funeral directors that we're not their enemies, that we work you know, hand in hand with trying to meet the family's needs and, and just doing a lot of education on just exactly what a deaf midwife is and what home funerals are. And I know that, um, tell me a little bit, I know the workshops that I attended. In fact, I attended something that was, um, it was so interesting because we ended up talking and you really got down to what you really wanted through a game. Tell me a little bit about last year um, at Salon when you hosted a workshop that was called Death, uh, Death Cafe. Yeah, you know, death cafes are getting very, very popular. And what they are basically is is a, is getting people to talk about death and what their wishes are for the their end of life. You know, the reality is, is that for some reason people don't talk about death. It's almost like it's a taboo topic. We spend more time planning weddings and birthday parties and picking out a new car than we do planning our end of life. So these death cafes are a real casual time where people come in in small groups and sit around with coffee and pastries, and it's usually facilitated a little bit, and you talk about end of life. Um, last year at the death cafe, I used decks of cards called Go Wish, which are a great conversation starter for many, many, many end-of-life topics. And we just broke up into small groups and talked for about an hour and a half, and it was just a, it's just, just a wonderful way to get people started to be comfortable so that they're comfortable talking about death so they can talk with their loved ones so they know their loved ones know what their wishes are at the end of life and can be carried out for them. Yeah, as I said, I attended a death cafe, and and not only was it it was fun, it was eye opening because you really got down to what you really believe and what you wanted. But I will tell you, on the ride home, it's something that my partner and I um, talked about, and it it kind of uh, initiated conversations that I don't think that we would have had had we not participated in that workshop. Well, great success! Thank you. <laughs> I think it's really important to be able to work with life holistically, celebrate birth, celebrate various life events, but to see death and afterlife is also part of the cycle. And to be able to have conversations with loved ones about views what happens at the end of life? What do we want at the end of life? Mm-hmm. That's a really good starting place. I think death cafes, death midwifery, end of life education, discussions are really healthy and are really needed. We need to create environments that are safe, 
respectful to explore this dimension that's really natural. It is part of what an incarnation is about. And I think us having a death cafe and discussions about death and workshops about death um, as part of our Samhain celebrations, in addition to our annual Samhain Circle Cemetery um, ceremony, help helps individuals who are taking part as well as puts out the message that this is something that can really be growthful, can bring us together with others, that can build community. Um, we're going to be having some workshops and um, a series of events connected with honoring the dead, um, actually putting some cremains in the cemetery, dedicating a marker as part of our Samhain observances. And one of the things that Nora, who we've mentioned earlier, uh-huh. has taught as part of her work and something that I've also encouraged people to do is when Samhain comes around, for those who honor this as the spiritual new year, as a uh, ancient holiday, and continuing to keep those traditions going, take a look at one's own attitudes about death, have conversations with loved ones about it, and if one hasn't done so, to start writing down one's wishes for end of life, including writing an obituary for oneself. And if one has already done this, at Sawin to take a look at that and update it, to actually have it be a kind of practice that uh, fits with the honoring of the dead and ancestors at Sawin time. Uh, and I also know Salon in, in one of uh, um, um, Sharon and Nora's workshops, they talked about um, it's a really good time to get in the habit of certain types of paperwork that you will need at the end of life together. And, and it's also Salon's a good time every year to review it so that eases the burden on your family, which is not something I had thought about before. Exactly. Those, you know, not to get into all those forms, but a lot of them, a couple of them are the power of attorney forms. And it's important that you check those every year because relationships change and maybe the person you had on there has passed or has moved away and isn't capable of even doing that job for you anymore. So reviewing those documents every year is is really important. And I, like Nora has suggested, and I also, and just like what Selena is, looking at those, looking at that at Samhain time so you have a time every year that you look at those forms and make sure that it's up to date. And if any of your final wishes have changed, you know, you've made this list of things that you want, maybe there are things you've realized you don't want. That also needs to get updated every year. I know when I have people visit Circle Cemetery and 
they're interested in exploring the possibilities of Circle Cemetery being the place for their cremains or their natural burial. You know, we take time not only to walk in the cemetery, but we make time to talk about those wishes. And one of the things that I've heard recently as we um, have been having more more and more people really wanting to do some prearrangements is a real appreciation for the opportunity not only to make those prearrangements but to get support in taking a look at what types of things need to be considered for end of life and some of the things to be considered do you want to be buried do you want to be cremated who do you want to officiate at your ceremony do you want a ceremony do you want the ceremony at graveside do you want the ceremony in some other location and then go to the grave if you're cremating um, as your wish do you want that done at a facility where there can be a ceremonial pressing of the button to start the process by an officiant or by a loved one. These are just a few of the things that I have occasion to talk with people about as they begin their process of deciding. Um, and I do think having choice and to have opportunities to really think through options before a crisis time happens is really a good way to go. I've also had to give support to people when a loved one has suddenly died and there have been no plans in place. Yes, it's still possible to sort through choices and to have a good outcome in terms of memorial services, but it can be really tough when a person is deep in grief to really fully consider what options there are and what might ultimately be the best for all concerned. So I would encourage all of those who are listening live and those listening later to take from our conversation tonight the real need to spend some time as part of daily life and and to appreciate life and also think about life more holistically and what one may want to have happen at end of life, no matter how old you are. So if I would like to be buried or have my ashes scattered at Circle Cemetery, um, what do I do? How do I, how do I start that process? And how does my family start that process? So 
um, you and others would contact our office, circle at circlesanctuary.org, or call us, uh, 608-924-2216. You can find us on the web and contact us through the web form and get the process going. I'm interested in having my remains put at Circle Cemetery. Then what we do is set up a time, and it's usually me, but sometimes there's others as well that are available. And we sit down with a packet of information and talk about options. Do you want cremation? Do you want green burial? And um, do you want to make a pre-arrangement? Or do you want to get the information and do some more follow-up work before proceeding further? And we really do endeavor to customize as much as possible a person's um, end-of-life wishes. But we do require that when we do full-body burials that the body not be embalmed. So if somebody wants to have a natural burial in our cemetery, they need to figure out what's going to happen right at the point of death, who's going to care for the body, do the paperwork, refrigerate the body in some way until the green burial happens. And funeral homes are an option, but having a deaf midwife, someone that knows about home funerals and other options, is also someone that could be part of the mix. And I think Sharon could talk a bit about that kind of choice as well. And as far as Circle Cemetery goes, we are open um, to a variety of possibilities. Sharon, can you talk a little bit about that? I'd like to really echo what Selena said there, is that, you know, being prepared, making your wishes known, in my opinion, if you're having a green burial, is even more important to have those plans made than if you were having a traditional funeral. As Selena said, the body needs to be cooled, and you need to have your plans in place for that. And every state has different laws on as to what you can do with the body. If you can keep the body in the home, if you could take the body from a hospital and take it back to your home, you know, what involvement a, a funeral director must have in each state. So you need to make sure that you know what the laws are for each, for your state so you can make the appropriate plans. And like Selena said, is it something that could be done with a surprise death and no plans or, you know, a, a, a death, an expected death but no plans? Yes, it can be done, but it's very, very tough when someone is grieving. You need to have someone that can get out. There is quite a bit of paperwork that needs to be done. And so someone needs to be of mind to be able to do that and know where to go get those papers and hope that the, for instance, 
in Wisconsin, the Register of Deeds office is open. If it's on a weekend, you have some problems. Planning, I think, is really, really important if you do want to do a green burial to make it smooth as possible for your loved ones to carry out those final wishes for you. Tell us, where where is Circle Cemetery located? We're located in southwestern Wisconsin. We're about an hour's drive from the center of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, we are near the little village of Barneveld. We're about four miles from Barneveld. Um, we're in Iowa County. We're in Brigham Township. And we're the next ridge over from Blue Mound State Park. We do have visiting days now every month for Circle Cemetery that does not require advance arrangement to come and visit. And so you can check our website, www.circlesanctuary.org, um, for information about those visiting days, or you can contact our office. We also have people visit the cemetery during the events that we have. We celebrate um, the cycles of the season. We have um, full moon circles. We have community days. We have a variety of different events. And many times people coming for those events will weave into their time on the land a walk up to the cemetery. Do you have to live in Wisconsin to be buried at Circle Cemetery? No. Um, we actually have cremains from um, people who've lived in a variety of different states, mm -hmm. Kentucky, Indiana, Utah, Ohio, Nevada. Those are just, you know, a few. Um, we've been doing some exploration regarding the shipment of unembalmed bodies via some special airline programs. Mm -hmm. And we are in the process of getting more information about that. So far, all the natural burials, full-body natural burials um, with no embalming, have come from within Wisconsin. And there are a whole series of different laws and regulations regarding transport of bodies across state lines. But if I'm going to be cremated and want my ashes scattered, um, that's something that I do not have to live in Wisconsin to do. That's correct. Most people who have loved ones' cremains that are in Circle Cemetery have come bearing the cremains um, with them at the time of the ceremony. However, the U.S. Postal Service will ship human cremains. In oh. fact, there is a section on the U.S. Postal Service website that gives specific instructions about how to package human cremains for shipping to cemeteries. I know there is a very special part 
um, in Circle Cemetery called Veterans Ridge. Can you tell me about that? Yes, Veterans Ridge has nine U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs issued memorial markers. All nine of them have the pinnacle on it. And we have veterans who have served in a variety of branches of service. We have Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines. Most of the veterans with cremains at our cemetery served and then got out of service honorably and then died at a later time. One of the veterans was killed in action, and he was the first Wiccan killed in action in Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan. And we have part of the oldest part of our cemetery. It's like a a crescent um, where the markers are there. And we have um, done a variety of different types of memorials in connection with veterans at our cemetery. And we've done full military honors, complete with color guard and um, gun salute. And we have special services that we have up at Circle Cemetery in the Veterans Ridge part for Armed Forces Day in May, Veterans Day in November, and Memorial Day in May. Besides um, scattering cremains or burial, if someone wanted to have an actual funeral memorial service, is that allowed at Circle um, Circle Cemetery? Yes. Some people will have their memorials right at the place where the cremains are going to be interred or scattered or Mm -hmm. where the body is going to be buried. But often we have people do a two-part ceremony. They gather at our temple room in our remodeled barn, and there's some type of memorial there, followed by a procession, either walking or sometimes we have a caravan going up to the cemetery area, and then we do the interment or the burial at the cemetery after we've done a ceremony indoors. We have had some cases where a ceremony has been held at another location, and then the interment of the cremains has been done with a special cemetery um, ceremony at a later time. So what kind of changes have both of you seen in the pagan community over the years um, about the end of life? Um, For me, I feel like it's something that is talked about more, and um, I know being in the minister training program, it's something that we're spending a lot of time on um, taking classes and discussing, discussing so we can be prepared to assist people with this issue. 
I agree there's been more interest growing. I think part of that has to do with the growth in numbers of people that are involved in some form of paganism and the fact that we're multi-generational. And I really think having um, those of us that do end-of-life education, giving presentations at pagan festivals and at conferences and conventions has also helped um, generate discussion and consideration. I, I really see it as a very positive development. I agree with what Selena said, and I also think that um, not only are through the education, we're making people more comfortable in speaking about it, but also there have been members that have experienced, you know, a death and have experienced this community approach of, you know, helping taking care of your own at the time of death and have, you know, come out and had a burial at Circle and they have seen and experienced that hands-on empowerment to do this on their own. And I think that for me, what has happened is, is people who have experienced that see the tremendous amount of healing that, not, you know, the bereaved and um, the family and anyone that, you know, is grieving this death, the tremendous amount of healing that takes place because we have talked about this, about death. We have become comfortable with hands-on and assisting, you know, with putting the body into the ground or, you know, so I see this as so healing for people and I think that people seeing that also is going to make this movement um, just grow and grow and I'm happy for that. Yeah, so am I. I think one thing that sets Circle Cemetery and other green cemeteries apart from some other types of cemeteries where there's embalmed bodies put in steel caskets and concrete liners in the cemetery is that with natural burial and interment and scattering of cremains, there is the opportunity to participate directly in the burial process. As a Circle Sanctuary Minister, I have conducted a number of memorials, gravesite interments, um, funerals, and including at cemeteries where we're dealing with steel caskets. When I'm at those cemeteries, the tradition and the protocols are people gather at the grave and you say the final prayers and farewells, and then everybody departs. And once everybody's gone, then those who are involved with the cemetery will finish the process of putting the casket into the ground and covering it. At Circle Cemetery, the various burials we've had of cremains and bodies has included not only the prayers at gravesite, 
but people taking part in filling in the grave. That is a very powerful way of honoring the dead. And those I've talked with who have come and taken part in one of these burials have been forever transformed. It's been cathartic in some ways. Mm -hmm. The very first Green Cemetery um, natural burial we had, people came dressed as they would um, in a ceremony held at a funeral home or some kind of institutional um, cathedral, church structure. Even though we told them as natural burial, they'd have a chance to be able to put um, some soil in on the grave, mm-hmm. on the casket. Well, there were quite a few people there. We had shovels. The funeral home that was assisting with the process, this was their first green burial at our cemetery, fully expected some token amounts of dirt to be put on the casket when it was lowered in the ground. Instead, what they observed was the whole group of people com- complete in their fancy clothes, taking those shovels and filling in the grave, mounding it up, um, pressing the earth down, putting flowers above it. I don't think anyone fully expected what was going to happen, but there was this community um, process, and it was a really positive thing. And I actually think, based on talking with those people and others who have been part of burials of cremains as well as full bodies at our cemetery, people have actually found that to be very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. I know um, Nora um, um, taught a workshop at PSG, which is one of the wonderful things about going to Pagan Spirit Gathering is the workshops and all the experiences you can have there. And she talked about someone who, because of natural barrier, barriers, you can be buried in a pine box, that part of the process is it was an expected death of someone who had a terminal illness that the family decorated the pine box for the burial with memories and um, actually colored on the box. And it was just, I mean, it sounded beautiful and very empowering way to show your love for someone. Yeah, not only on the pine boxes, I've assisted many families that we these cardboard cremation boxes. Yeah. The grandkids will color on. And and, and that may be what she was talking about, but she talked about coloring it. So, so that is something that is done? Oh, absolutely, it's done, and it's it, again, it's another, it's very healing uh, for the family to be able to do that, and um, can spend hours, you know, coloring, drawing, writing pictures, or drawing pictures, writing poetry, saying any final words. Uh, uh, there's, I've seen some beautiful, beautiful uh, cremation boxes that uh, families and friends have created, and again, it's another one of those processes in this that so helps the healing. Well, does either one of you have any last words to talk about this subject? 
Well, I think as we're going into Samhain, those of us up here in the northern hemisphere, it's really important to um, respect the dead, to pay respects to the beloved dead, to the ancestors, but it's also a really powerful time to take a look at end-of-life issues and to do end-of-life planning for oneself and one's loved ones. So I just wish everyone Samhain blessings. And I'm going to back that up with Selena. Again, the, the planning, if you could just start a tradition, start talking this Samhain, try and talk with your family, your friends, and loved ones. Start opening up that door of talking about end-of-life um, choices. And if anyone uh, would have any questions or um, want to talk a little bit more about end-of-life preparing, they're welcome to get a hold of me at Sharon at CircleSanctuary.org, and I'd be glad to assist with uh, what I can. Yeah, that'd be really wonderful. We are having our Sawan Circle Cemetery ritual on Sunday, and anyone that is interested in being part of that should contact the Circle Sanctuary office as soon as possible to see if um, it's possible to still be able to take part. There is um, space for a few more people in the Sunday ceremony. Saturday's already full, but there is some time then, so you can... Email circle at circlesanctuary.org, or what would probably be best is call 608-924-2216. And um, find us on the web at www.circlesanctuary.org, and under the section that says Our Work, you can find out more information about Circle Cemetery. There's a grave marker director, directory there. There's something about Veterans Ridge. And, and I really appreciate the opportunity for us all to talk together, uh, not only about Circle Cemetery, but about greening the end of life. One spirit in the dark like a candle wavers many spirits joined as one burn with the power of the blazing sun there is strength in community
listening to Pagans Tonight. Pagans unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight. 